Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. Ah, uh, yes, it's Boxcar Universe 2023, and we'd like to welcome all of you to the show today. We've got some great, great information, and you know, Mel, it's the it's the start of the new year, and it just seems like it's everything. All the expos and everything else is all like jam packed into you know January and early February. Not just here in Phoenix, but you know, one of the other favorite nearby cities that uh, Vegas, <laughs> which oh, yes. we're going to be we're going to be heading up to and and doing some stuff up there too. But, uh, yeah, it just seems like, oh, January, everybody's here. Everybody wants to get started and, and put their best foot forward. And one of the things that um, is uh, traditional, at least as long as I've been here since uh, 1989 here in Phoenix, is the Maricopa County Home and Garden Show at the uh, Arizona State Fairgrounds, which is, uh, as they say, a mainstay staple in, in the, when it comes to, to home shows, as they say, it's the big one. <laughs> it is. It's the big one. It's, I was uh, there yesterday setting up. Got a few more things to finish at my booth, but should be fun. Oh, yeah. And the weather's going to be great. And uh, all of you uh, who are in the Phoenix, uh, Maricopa County area, make sure you come out. And, and like you say, Melkin, to attest to the fact that we don't care where you live, but no distance is too great, especially if you're looking for quality quality, you know, vendors to come in and help you with your home. And, you know, the, the last show that you did in um, last summer at the uh, Cardinal Stadium, somebody traveled all the way from Chandler. That's right. And so distance is, is means nothing, really. Right. Yeah, exactly. Actually, you know, obviously, you know, I live in Midtown, so this is uh, really, really close for me, which right. is a nice change of events because the last show was at the... Uh, Cardinal Stadium, and then, well, actually, not the last one, the first one, and then um, uh, out at Westworld. That's right. Yeah. So that was quite the haul for me. But um, this one should be great. Uh, my booth is, um, I'm in the Ag, uh, Ag building, I guess. I guess they're calling it the main building, mm -hmm. um, booth 1003. So I'm kind of right on an end cap, right at the entrance. So hopefully I get to say hello to a ton of people and they can find me pretty easily. So that'd be great. Yeah, make sure you stop by the booth and see Mel and see all the great things that she's got there to show you when pertaining to your home. If you're going to be looking to do that that interior design project, then you know Mel is the person that you need to speak to because uh, there's a lot of new things coming down the pike. And you know, hey, well, one thing that always gets uh, is amazing that every year, you know, you you. All these uh, new products come out, new services come out, you know, different things that you can incorporate into your home. And then, you know, the the ideas that people come up with on certain d different projects and, and, and products that they come out with are just, are just amazing how they have applications to the home. I mean, whether it be, you know, manufactured product or, and, you know, the one thing that always has 
an upgrade every year. It never stops is electronics. Right. Especially especially televisions. Right. I don't know how much thinner they can get. <laughs> They're gonna be easy. You pretty soon you'll be able to take like a seventy-five inch screen and and mount it on the wall by yourself. They get so thin. Well, aren't they coming out with like the hologram TVs now? Now we're talking Star Trek. I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean maybe I'm imagining things. I don't no, know, but no, I think you know seriously. You know, I mean they do. They have those. They have some of them. Well, they use they use that in games. So why not television? Yeah, I mean they have self-driving cars. You know, we never thought we'd see that, right? Right, and not in our lifetime. And Do you it, know I didn't even know that 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 was a thing? And you see those like Wham-O cars. The Wham-O, yeah. yeah. <laughs> our neighbors took one, and they said that uh, they they park on the street like they don't actually come into the parking area at uh-huh. the building. And uh, he said that you know they are all self driving and there's nobody in them. And I'm like, you, okay, wow, so how that's did they crazy. feel? How did they feel in there with uh, no driver? They said that they felt pretty safe, that the car actually will not take off unless like your seatbelts are on. And and if you don't do it within a certain amount of time, um, I guess somebody can phone in or something, but. Uh, you have the red alert warning. Come yes. on. Warning, warning. <laughs> I don't know that I'm ready to, to do that just yet, but pretty interesting. I know that would be an interesting, that would be an interesting uh, adventure. I see them waiting in the Safeway parking lot by the house, like until the phone, I'm sure until somebody phones in or, you know, we should do that for it. We should do that for a Mel and Steve, you know, on the street, you know, we just experience a way Just FaceTime me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you handle that. Oh my God. All right. All right. See, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who has to do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) At least we'll have somebody out here to carry the show on in case yeah, the Waymo goes off. Yeah, you that one for the team. Fifth, yeah, yeah, it's true. But, I've had uh, enough adventure in my life the, the past couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just it's just amazing. But, you know, it, it it's a lot of these homes and stuff you see now uh, are just are just simply amazing. Especially, you know, we had some, a lot of increase of people now looking for, you know, wanting to build a Airbnb uh, container homes, which we're going to be talking a little bit later in the show, uh, which again, you know, um, it's the design factor. And for some of the people that who are interested in it, you know, I saw an interesting article the other day, which just is, is very uh, appropriate because when people are looking to build a container home, you know, it's, it's easier and more cost effective if you see a, design that you like, let's just say you want one 40 foot container and it's all designed already, which we have those, we have those and we could share with you. If you go on uh, boxcaruniverse.com, click on the television tab. The very first video comes up, shows you a little bit about container home building and what we do as well as designs, you know, one and two family, uh, one and two bedroom containers. And some of those those designs, because they're already made and approved, they're, you, you're going to save money. If you want to build something in multi-containers, like I have a, 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 a couple that called me the other day. They're looking to build a three to four bedroom container over in Tonopah, which I touch base with our land people who are actually looking to see what's available in that area. But when you start getting into those three or four containers, then you start building, you know, it, it, the design factor comes in. So you don't save as much money as if you use a smaller container. 
but that doesn't mean it's not going to save you money over a stick build. Right. So it all depends on how intricate you want to get. And uh, again, some people, they want to go that route because they want something different and exceptional. And like uh, we were talking before the show, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Mel and I are, are getting more millennial friends all the time. <laughs> it's, just, That's right. it's amazing. It's amazing that, you know, the different viewpoints of, of our culture that actually keeps changing as things progress, as the economy changes and it's, it's just, people are just not ready to do the same old traditional stuff as that they used to do. They want to, they want to be different. They, I don't have to do it like mom and dad did. That's right. You know, so it's something to consider. So, uh, I want everybody to stay tuned also because we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the, uh, 2023 shipping trends, shipping container home trends that, uh, you should be aware of and some of the things to consider when you are looking for a container home. And then we're going to also be talking a little bit about if you do have one and wondering and you have had some trouble, you know, uh, getting a mortgage for a shipping container home as, you know, as good students and as good, uh, people here out in the media, we are always looking to strive to find the answers to all the questions that we get. And we do have some uh, interesting answers for you in regards of, yes, you can get a mortgage for a container home. So I want everybody to stay tuned. We've got that and a whole lot more right here on Boxcar Universe. Don't go away. Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Star Building Supplies 3 Valley locations. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Voxcar Universe 2023, as they say. And uh, we're, Mel and I are talking about, uh, in the first segment, we were talking about the Maricopa County Home and Garden Show. And make sure you come out and uh, say hi to Mel and all the good information she has for your interior design, as well as we want to talk a little bit about, you know, one of the things that c- comes up on on phone calls that, you know, I feel... Uh, they come in as people that are interested in doing Airbnb containers. And this is something that uh, people are wondering, well, okay, so like, where are they? Well, you know, people are thinking about taking, you know, if they have the, uh, enough land and if their zoning is correct, that they're able to go out and get like a 20 foot container and make like, it's almost like a studio apartment but it does have, you know, a bedroom, uh, a, a small living room area, a kitchenette type uh, bathroom and shower, which is really, when you think about it, is is just about all you need. And then depending on how how it's set up, they could have it could be, it could be in uh, in a large lot. It could be in uh, an area that maybe there is a lot of other homes around it. It could be on a property where there is 
the owner of that Airbnb home is uh, has their main house on there. So it all depends on what you'd like to do. It is definitely a revenue source that you can actually put in into your uh, to your mix of things when you're trying to get uh, you know an extra relative source of income. And I think that's something that uh, people are are being serious about now because you can get a uh, you know a small container home like that to put on there. And if you were in an area like, for instance, think about when if you're in a city. Well, let's just use Phoenix for an example, being that we live here. Okay, another month, the Super Bowl is going to be here, or as they say, almost like the the home show. It, it's the big one. Right. Or the big game, as they used to call it, as uh, that if you could advertise, a lot of people come into the Valley for a lot of things. You know, the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open is coming, you know, a week before to Scottsdale, which it comes every year. And now you've got the Super Bowl coming, you know, on February, the weekend of, I think, February 12th. Okay, so... A lot of people come in the valley and they're looking for places to stay and you know hotels are probably going to be charging a lot of money and the hotels are going to be full but if you had an airbnb you'd be able to market it out and have somebody come in and and rent it if you get an airbnb company at, yeah i'm not saying you should do this yourself but you know they have airbnb companies out if you're listed you could they could find you um you know uh, rental, rental, uh, tenants for a short period of time while the events in town. And I think that is a great way of, uh, of doing it. You just have to make sure that you jump through all those hoops, like depending on what you need, you know, in the way of zoning, because obviously the zoning is the zoning is one of the key, uh, factors, whether you could put it on your property or not, but something that you need to check. And that's one thing that we can do for you is check the zoning find out what you need, um, whether it's utilities, uh, you know, whether electric, water, sewer, all those kind of things to be able to know what you want to put on there. And then the, the thing comes, obviously, there's a design factor on it, you know, and Mel could tell you a little bit about that. Plus, we, it's not just the inside, you know, like Mel loves the look of the metal, right? I mean, I and that's just something that, <laughs> there's something that you could you could really expound on. And, you know, I've seen a couple of them like that and, you know, they look really cool. You add some exterior cladding of some shape or color or, or material, and it's going to, it's going to give the container a whole different kind of look. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I agree with you hundred percent. And, uh, if you can put those containers in your backyard and have a little VRBO set up back there, there's obviously ways of making it very private, one thing that I really like um, is that when houses are built, not always are they built to be able to house weight. Say you want a rooftop deck um, or, you know, your your patio structure is not built for people to be standing on it, but that container is. And how cool would that be to have a rooftop, you know, deck um, off of your little, uh, you know, casita in the back that's a container but one other thing that um, is coming to my attention, and maybe this is just because now I'm going to have two kids going to ASU uh, at the same time, and I think of student housing, ching, ching, uh -oh. yeah. um, you know, and people that live in that area. I mean, my goodness, if they are not renting out their property, what an awesome opportunity 
to offer student housing um, in containers in, in the backyard. And I just, if, you know, if they can do it, I think they should really reach out. It's a great source of income. And parents obviously have to pay a pretty, you know, penny for their kids. And um, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, so, that's, that's a really great idea because, you know, in, in looking at it from the owner standpoint, okay. So let's just say, you know, there's what, six months is, is six months uh, roughly the length of the, the, the season, the school season. It's longer than that, but, and, and, you know, it just depends on that student, right? Sometimes they live on campus full time, even if school is not in session, sometimes there are summer classes that, you know, these kids take. So you just never Mm. know. I think, I think people should think about the schools and it's not just ASU. There's lots of colleges, universities, you know, in our state, obviously that um, people could be benefiting um, from having a container, you know, maybe they're doing a two bedroom, um, you know, kind of a setup. Uh, I just think that's a great idea. And if I had that type of property, I would, I would be jumping on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know some people in Tempe that actually, uh, they have the land for that. So that would be a, a great idea. And, you know, as, as you get older, you know, if you're still working sometimes, you know, uh, having that extra source of income, it would be a really great thing to have because, you know, God forbid something goes wrong, you get injured, you know, your bills don't stop coming when you get injured right? and they're expected to pay for it. So if you have an extra side source of income, that would actually be uh, really a great help. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a, a call from the architectural department at ASU at some point saying, hey, hey we're ready to do something amazing. Okay. Well, you've got <laughs> the, in, housing. you've got the inside source. Literally. You've got the, you're going to have the two potential students. So let's see what we could do. Yes, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll let you do that one. If I'm going to do, if I'm going to do the Waymo, you do that one. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's safer. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh boy. Uh, it's, that's yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. Things, it, yeah. dangers of a different sort. That's, that's for, sure. for sure. Oh my God. But no, again, you know, doing, doing a 20 foot or a 40 foot container, uh, on your, on your property is something that really you should be considering if you're, if you're looking for that. Uh, and at the same time too, you know, when, if it's not for something like, like Mel had just said for maybe a student or something like that, you know, maybe grandma needs a place temporarily, you know, Arizona is that type of type of place where, you know, there are a lot of, as like we like to call them. And I never, when I lived, when, when we lived back in, in up North in Massachusetts and New York and Chicago, it's just like, I don't remember anybody talking about snowbirds, but when we moved to Arizona, we found out, well, you know, it's all those people that come down from the North. So they're actually living here part-time and they live in their, in their other, uh, probably home state in the summer. And they come here in the winter so that they don't have to, you know, be exposed to extreme temperatures, cold and, and, uh, hot time temperatures here in Arizona. So that's something else too. You know, people could come in, you have grandma come here. If she lives up North, have her come here in the winter time. That's right. You know, I mean, nothing wrong with that. That's right. You know, people get used to, people get used to Arizona and how many people have, how many people have come to Arizona despite the heat and turned around and said, you know, I really like it here. I could live here. 
you know, and, and I guess I kind of had that back when I was like in 1989, when I lived in Chicago and in the mid eighties. And I'm like, I came to Arizona. It was like February and I'm walking around in a t-shirt, maybe a, a like a, a, a light sweatshirt. I'm like, this is pretty good. I mean, it's February. I'm in Chicago. I'm wearing tundra clothes. I mean, cause it's so cold, Right. but it's something that people should consider. So, um, it's definitely a lifestyle consideration, you know, and I think, um, I think it's something that should really definitely be considered. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve, I remember coming out here and it was in the summertime. And speaking of that, I spent my time in the pool every day. All right. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, uh, it was just too damn hot. Um, obviously, I was young, but, uh, you know, the humidity in Massachusetts is, uh, quite extreme. Yes. Uh, you can't compare to what we like to call our dry heat, even though we do have uh, a humid, uh, season, our monsoon season out here. But, um, you know, uh, for anybody looking to explore the pool situation, we are going to be meeting with uh, the vendor that does the, um, or the manufacturer, I should say, for the container pools. Um, when we go to Vegas, um, we have an appointment with him at the end of the month to see how everything is is created. And I'm super excited uh, to get to tour that factory. And that is really going to be something. We're going to be bringing you that, uh, not just in in. Uh interviews but we're going to also shoot some film up there while we're up there of some of the processes they're going through with the units that they're working on and um again you know um like everybody has their wish list you know i think on on my wish list is uh when we get our new home when the economy gets to be a little better and the interest rates go down uh is a container pool that is half pool half spa which I think is just the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, really, I mean, you'd be able to jump in the pool if you want the spa, it's right there. And it, it's just as easy as doing a container home. You come in, you get it, you put a, you put a slab down. And when the pool is ready to come in, they come in, they more than likely have, will crane it over your house and into the, into the backyard, put it right on that slab hook it up and it's ready for enjoyment. You know what I love about it is uh, there was uh, a few images that you could see the container, a portion of it is sticking out of the ground, right? So it's not all the way in the ground. And I don't know, but I feel like that would be a hell of a lot easier to get in and out of, uh, especially, you know, um, I realize that there are stairs, but if you just want to sit down and put your feet in, you're not having to get all the way down on the ground. And I think, you know, for people that maybe have some disabilities and things like that, it might actually make their life easier. Uh, or even older folks, obviously there are stairs coming out of, you know, the container, but I don't know. My mindset was just thinking of uh, aging people and as they're getting older and you can build a little deck around, yeah, you know, the container. And I just thought, wow, that actually could be really convenient a deck would be a deck would be appropriate especially it's it, i think the look of it it's when it sits inside like you had said half in the ground like on a hill look really look really good and then yeah. you could create the deck look around it 
And the other thing that we're thinking of too is obviously in Arizona, you're going to be using the pool a lot, even when it gets hot. So once you get the pool in there, now we could figure out, okay, how about doing some kind of shade structure over it to mm-hmm. keep it cool? And, you know, like a lot of those air, those air, I forgot what the name of it is. They look like air sails. Yeah. It, they actually, you could put those up and it'll shade the pool and the spa. So this way you can get in and you could go out on the deck. You'd have some shade. You're not out in a blistering sun all day long. And you could really go out and like, I could see it now. Out on the pool deck at sunrise with a couple of mimosas. That's what, do you, great. what do you think? I think that would really be good. What do you think, Colin? He's got, <laughs> I'm getting a thumbs up from Colin. We're in good shape. All right. Uh, that's great. All right. You'll be the first one over when we get it done or invite you come over and have one. You know, I would love to recreate. And if we have some photographers out there, I mean, whenever we get the opportunity to do this container pool situation, I would love to create a mid-century modern photo shoot with, you know, the uh, period bathing suits and the bright color umbrellas. And they're always in pool scenes. And I would just love to create that with a container. Like the 1920s? No. No? Nothing. Get with the times. I was just thinking of a Not throwback. The 20s. Oh, okay. Not the 20s. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking like... 50s, oh, okay. 1950s, okay. bright colored umbrellas. They they have their very specific, um, I'll show you some photos of what I'm talking about, but I would love to recreate that, um, do a photo shoot, but with a container pool. Oh, and maybe even containers, like a container community. That would be cool. That would be fun. That would be really cool. It's, we got, yeah, well, I'm sure this year it was going to be, we're going to have a lot of interesting things coming down the pike. Uh, when it comes to uh, container homes and container communities and different things. so, But um, we want to just uh, take another break here, and then we're going to come back. We're going to go through those five uh, shipping container home trends of 2023. You know, some of those things, uh, more sustainable energy, some of the organic materials that go into it, uh, a little bit of those multipurpose areas that you can create around your container and then uh, colors, obviously colors, because you want to be able to have something. Um, not saying you should paint your container orange if you live in an area that uh, is all earth tone, but you want to do something that's creative and and uh, attractive. As well as, again, like when Mel had mentioned earlier, there's nothing like a roof deck on top of a container home where, you know, and it gives, I don't know, I think it gives new meaning and, and usefulness to that spiral staircase outside because it can add to, shall we call the flavor of the design of a container home. So I think uh, that's going to be really good, but uh, hang tight. We'll be right back. And you're listening to boxcar universe. Updating your flooring, shower, or backsplash can be stressful, but when you have the right company involved, that process becomes easier. Reyes Tile is a family-owned and operated business that has served the Valley for over 15 years. They specialize in residential, commercial, and multifamily projects. Their main focus is on all types of flooring, backsplash, and showers. Eduardo Coronado, owner of Reyes Tile, can be reached at 602 
384-6825. On Instagram at Reyes.Tile LLC. Reyes Tile, excellence in flooring. You are listening to Boxcar Universe right here in the uh, the very beginnings of 2023, as we were talking about earlier segment about there's a lot of different things coming down the pike this year, and uh, as as everything else, Mel, you know we we seem to always when life changes we we find ways of making our lives better, and I think that's one of the things that. Uh, container home trends are actually doing because there is a definite need like we've spoken about in the past for you know uh sustainable living uh container homes in areas in housing uh the new housing that's going to be coming over to our neck of the woods down off of 59th avenue and bethany home road uh here in the phoenix area in fact our uh, good friend carl faust will be here next week we're going to be talking about that project and uh, some of the other things that go along with it. And we're going to be following that and giving you updates on the build. And I'm sure we'll get uh, Mel and I going to have special access to do walkthroughs, which I'm excited about All right. to be able to walk through that as they build it. And we will bring you, we'll bring you video footage of that and uh, interviews that I think you're going to be, you're going to be really interested if that's something that you want to see develop and, watch it you know we might be able to even get um some time-lapse footage i have to talk to carl about that we'll be able to set up a time-lapse camera as they build to see how it all comes together that yeah that would be interesting yeah that would really be good but um again talking about the uh, five shipping container home trends of 2023 you know and some of these are, are, are a continuation of some of the things that we've talked about before you know, uh, use of sustainable energy. And I think that's the one thing that people are, are talking about. Again, uh, people either want to have a container home either, you know, in the grid or off the grid, but being, having sustainable energy, uh, energy off the grid is going to require some different things. And, um, uh, one of the, uh, gentlemen that we've had on the show in the past, Matthew, we were talking about, solar panels there's a specific uh uh product out there that actually is portable solar panels that i'm working on going to want to go be able to go look at with him because i want to be able to bring this to all our listeners if it's something that you consider if you think about this if you could have a portable solar system that you could put on your container home who's to prevent you from putting it on your house and when you decide to move okay it's probably going to be a whole lot less easier to move than if you had one that was put on your house. You know, where you, for those of you who had solar systems put in your house, you're talking about brackets and you got to put it in your roof and then you have to seal them so the roof doesn't leak. And then they put these panels up on the roof. Removing those and putting them somewhere else is a little bit of expensive. And sometimes, you know, we've had in uh, shows going back a couple of years, we were talking about, when people, some companies will put solar panels on your roof and not even ask the question of how old a roof do you have? 
Because if you've had a roof that's pushing like 10, 15 years old, and if it's a if it's a shingle roof or a tile roof, there's only there's not going to be that much more life. You, you suppose you only have a twenty year shingle, you know, that's good for twenty years. Yeah, it may last a little longer, but on the other hand, too, do you if it if it fails, do you want to be able to foot the bill because you're going to have to do this to remove the panels and then put the new panels on after they fix the roof? That's not a cheap you know, uh, expense, it's going to be quite expensive to do depending on how big the house is. So having a portable solar system, be able to move that is going to be going to be very important. Uh, the other thing too, is we want to think about, you know, sustainable energy. Okay. Be going off grid. You have to think about obviously other, other, other things going off grid. You have the, you know, your sewer system as well as is your water, where are you going to get your water from? You know, and off-grid, I mean, Mel, when you lived out in the Rio Verde area, I'm sure that uh, everything wasn't supplied by the city. There were other the wells and, and septic tanks and stuff like that, because that was, it wasn't that partially you could consider off the grid? Oh, yeah. Our ranch was definitely uh, partially off the grid, I would say. Um we had a, a well, but it wasn't really functional. We were a little too close to the riverbed, um, and uh, we we had big uh, tanks, so we would always get haul-in water. And um, the gentleman that was out there actually did a really great job, uh, you know, filling up our tanks. And then, you know, it was still a new concept for us. Um, you flush that toilet, and if that flapper doesn't go down, your tank is going to be drained very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. So we've had that happen to us. But I will say that the gentleman that built the house um, was um, kind of, a, I guess, locally famous on News Channel 3, um, and he was a, a gardener and, you know, very popular and, and always told us that we should learn how to live off the land. And he put these gutter systems around the house that uh, when it rained, it would um, pile into a large container that that container fed a um, planter bed system that was just down. I mean, we, we had about five acres there, so it was just down the hill. So it was kind of gravity fed but it was for the garden and it was, I think like six tiers. Um, listen, I don't have a green thumb at all. That's what I was so. going to ask you. Okay. So she's getting... I tried, I was very inspired and I thought, wow, I don't have to pay for this water. It's great. It's sitting here. It's great for the plants. And you know, my whole goal was, uh, I'm going to plant everything to create a salsa. And then my horses got in there and ate everything. And that was their coast to salsa. <laughs> and even though I put the horse panels around, I didn't realize that I, I had a very smart, well, both of, all of my horses were smart, but one in particular, he actually knew how to take the chain with his teeth and move it and was able to open up the, the fence and they got in there again. So I said, I'm done. <laughs> it gives new meaning to the, the words trained horse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's a pretty smart cookie there, but, um, no, I mean, we, we had a lot of great, uh, uh, you know, things. We had propane gas also. That was another thing. Um, and that was really nice because they could just come out and fill that up. So our power was the only thing that we actually had. Um, we did not have any solar panels, but man, that house would have been a perfect setup for it. 
actually. Uh, and it would literally be completely off grid if that was the case. Yeah. Those are things to consider. I mean, you know, cause I think a lot of people, they, they want to do it in an era like that, but then, you know, when you sit down and go through the reality of what they need, then you're thinking, Oh, well, okay. Have you ever, and, and I think, that, I think this question is, is appropriate asking them, well, have you ever lived or even for a short time, uh, with something like Mel just described to be able to go out and, you know, is it off grid? You know, you have, you know, uh, brought in water in it, you know, in, in tanks. Like yeah. when we were up in Williams and, uh, working on clearing the land up there, the neighbor had, you know, above ground water tanks. Yeah. You, know? you can bury them too, which actually yeah. there's a sensor, um, on the ground. So it'll light up once it hits a certain level of your, like a bobber, you know, in your gas tank. But I'll tell you, I think that's kind of the biggest, uh, challenge I think for most people when they start, um, living kind of off the grid like that, because you are very mindful of how much water you are actually using. And my kids were little, you know, and so I would tell them, you have five minutes, you're going to get in that shower and you're not going to mess around. You're going to shower and you're going to get out or the way that you do dishes, um, or even taking baths. You know, that was a big one. One of our, um, houses that we had, had a huge, garden tub, you know, a jetted tub. And I mean, I used that thing one time and it sucked up half of a tank. So oh, I'm like, never mind. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, that house obviously wasn't built, um, like that, the other property, but, uh, you know, I think when you kind of get your system down, it's probably for the better because, just like when I moved to Arizona and they were teaching us as little kids, hey, we want to conserve our water in Massachusetts. I've never had that problem, you know. As a matter of fact, um, you could drink the water right out of the tap, right. you know, back east. Um, but they were teaching, you know, I remember being in second grade and they're like, okay, turn the water off as you're brushing your teeth. And then then you turn it back on. And I'm like, what? What a concept. <laughs> like, who does that, you know? Um but I think it's really great, actually, that people are doing that. But I think the water, um, for sure, is the biggest adjustment. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And it's just like I remember because when I moved here, it's like the first thing I decided, you know, I have to make coffee, right? I made coffee with oh, tap no. water and it felt like I was drinking minerals because yeah. it, it was the water was so hard. So then it was like, nope, we, we can't do this. You know, it's <laughs> not going to work. I have to have a good cup of hazelnut coffee in the morning otherwise i'm a mess <laughs> i have to yeah. have some good coffee it does taste very different yes for sure. <laughs> very different but uh you know what some of the other things we think about you know in these sustainable trends are you know the organic materials that go into the the construction of your home whether it be a, a container home or a regular home but i think some of the other interior products that are very interested forming, you know, go along those organic, uh, material guidelines are options like cork, bamboo, wood, and obviously cotton for those things. And, you know, like I think, uh, a lot cork and bamboo are the two that I think strike me as, uh, foremost in the way of things that you could do from an interior design standpoint. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, the, the bamboo is a very strong, um, material wood, uh, and it grows. And so it goes very fast, which is, you know, why it's sustainable as well. Um, and it's a hard, very hard product, but I personally love the way a cork floor looks. I don't know if you've ever um, had a chance to see that, but to me, it's just very natural looking. Um, I know that they can also, um, use that for, um, some kind of a insulation yes. as well. Um, but I personally love the way the container uh, floors come and sand them down a little bit, and seal it up. And I just think it looks so interesting to have that worn, rustic look. Absolutely. You know, and you could get like, like, um, like Carl says, you know, a lot of times well, they'll, they'll take a container and, you know, I, I think a lot of container companies don't think of this is that they insulate underneath the containers and literally lift it up and, and insulate under, they could spray insulation in underneath there to seal the wood from underneath so that you just way you don't get moisture coming up from a slab or if it's sitting on, on pylons, okay, from the ground so that moisture, which, I mean, you know, we had a discussion a while back talking about how moisture and humidity and stuff like that, you know, it, it affects your health. So I think being able to keep the humidity and the, and the dampness out is one thing. And then obviously having a good quality floor, whether it be sealed, the initial flooring of the container or adding a special flooring on top of it to be able to give it whatever look you want to have. So I think that's, I think that's super important. And then you could always take that look and bring it outside. When you're talking about multi-purpose areas and like on the container pools, you could build decks, you could, uh, you know, uh, do certain things to actually increase the size of your container home. Right. And I think moving the deck on the outside and doing some different things out there and building out makes it even, even a more of a, a larger feel to the type of container home that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. But then uh, thinking about colors, okay, depending on where you live, like I said, I don't think, I wouldn't be a big fan of painting the outside of the container orange. Um, I don't think it'll fit. <laughs> I don't think. Well, I'll tell you what, I think when they say saturated colors, I think it depends on, on where you're at. Um, I know, you know, California, uh, might have communities doing that Europe. Absolutely. You know, downtown, I, I don't feel like we have any container homes here that are super bright, multicolored. I mean, most of them are all very subdued colors and, you know, colors are going to come and go. They're going to change with the seasons. You know, it's, it's trendy, um, at times, but I would say choose something that's timeless. There's also that, you know, core 10 metal look. So it's kind of like that rusted look. They can actually paint containers to look like that as well. And I just feel like that goes really great with our desert, uh, landscape is if you want to think about the colors outside, right. On the mountains, and believe it or not, the um, the terracotta colors are actually <laughs> like coming back with a vengeance this year. So it's been color forecast. You can look at Sherwin Williams, like their color pick of the year. Um, from a design, you know, perspective, we get to see the trends 
um, before things come out. And I can tell you all day long, those colors are going to be all over the furnishings and the decor and artwork and things like that. So that would be, that's also something that uh, we're going to be doing in Vegas as well. Yeah. So so that'd be, be interesting, interesting to see and how, yeah. And it's interesting. The one thing I always thought, Mel, how, how did, how did these trends seem to cycle? I mean, because obviously you, you said that they're coming back, but they were here before. Sure. Okay. It's, is it is it just that they that the population got tired of them and they mm. went on to something else, and all of a sudden, somehow, some way, all of a sudden, hey, you know, we really like that terracotta, you know, style and stuff. Maybe we should start doing that again. How who how do those trends set? I'll tell you, it's all about fashion. And people don't get that sometimes. Fashion and interior design are one. Okay. So if you have a fashion trend that's changing, I'll use an example here. Animal print. If you see that in your fashion, you are going to see that in your home. If you see people wearing more of natural looking garments, you're going to see that in a home. The trends tend to overlap themselves. Okay. So if you see deep, you know, uh, jewel tone colors um, in your clothing, you're going to see that in the house. You know, fit them. Uh, back in the day, uh, that that was the school of choice. You know, being a designer, and I was majoring in fashion, and then changed to interiors. And they literally combined their school for a reason you know, uh, understanding fashion helps a designer to understand a home. And I think for me, I have a different process in the way I approach a design project. It's more of a styling perspective outside of, yes, I have, you know, the ability to do 2D, 3D plans, CAD plans. But from a decorating perspective, I look at the person how they dress, how they live their life, because believe it or not, that is how they are going to dress their home. Mm. So it really is combined. Um, and I actually love it. So it's more of a styling process. So, and I, and I think all of your listeners, uh, probably a lot of you feel the same way I've done that. I've just been schooled. Yeah. No, I'm not schooling <laughs> no, you. No, no but, I but am, you're uh, absolutely right. It's something that it was a question that you, you sparked my my thought process. And I had that, I always thought of that. Well, how do they come around? But But trends do come and they'll, they'll, they always recycle themselves. It's like, I remember in the nineties being, you know, in high school and it was the big seventies push. I even drove a Volkswagen bug. That was a 64. I mean, I had bell bottoms and my mom said to me, man, you would have been great back in the seventies, but guess what? That seventies trend has already cycled itself back. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the 80s and and apparently the 90s, which <laughs> I don't know why we would ever do that. But, uh, you know, it's again, it all goes to fashion. And so you will see those uh, trends cycling and um, the same thing with interiors. But one thing and why I mentioned earlier today is that mid-century modern look, you know, doing that photo shoot um, around that pool there are classic styles that will never go out of style. And people have asked me that. And I say, you know, mid-century modern is actually one of them. It's just a timeless look 
um, that will stay consistent. Obviously, it depends on the structure of the building and and what you know what you're decorating. Um, but there are um, styles that will stay timeless forever, just like fashion. Um, but yeah, it's it's a some of it's trendy, and that's. I'm telling you this, err on the side of caution when it comes to color, especially with the outside of your home, right? Um, and I, I'll use that lightly. Uh, if you love color, it's it's only paint. You can change it. But again, I think fitting stuff in into our environment and where we're at in the valley, I think, you know, those earthy tones or that rusty looking metal looks very appropriate for yeah, Arizona. I think I think you're you. absolutely right. But uh, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what I had mentioned earlier in our first segment, thinking about getting that mortgage for your container home, and which is, like I said, that seems to be a burning question when we have phone calls. People come in and asking for assistance because uh, they know what kind of home they want as far as the size go. But, you know, it always comes up the... Uh, the land question, well, where? And then all of a sudden, okay, we do that. But, you know, you get into the financing and the mortgage part of it. Who does it? Not every insurance company will finance a, or I should say, will give you a mortgage on a container home. So we got some information on that. And I want everybody to hang tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full-service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion-meets-design sense to execute timeless interiors, style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at alvainteriorsaz, and on Instagram at alvainteriors. All right, you are listening to Boxcar Universe, and we are talking... uh, about uh, a lot of different things today, Maricopa County Home and Garden Show. Make sure you come out and see uh, Mel out there in the agricultural building for Alva Interior Design. She'll be there to answer all your questions. And uh, also, we're talking a little bit about, you know, the tr- the uh, five shipping container trends of 2023 and uh, things that you need to consider and the way the things that are people are thinking about wanting to use when they think I want to do a sustainable lifestyle living. But one of the other questions that we've come up with when people call obviously is, um, the first, well, how much does a container home cost? Well, then, then the questions and the give and take starts happening. Well, you know, what do you, what are you actually looking for? What do you need? You know? And, but then on the other hand too, you get into the nuts and bolts and logistics of, buying the land, buying, buying the container and designing it or buying a, um, 
stock model that we could we could show you, which is on Boxcar Universe on that very first video we were talking about under the television tab. And you could see if there's a, a, a design there that you would like. But then comes the question of, okay, how do I get a mortgage for a container home? Now, you got to remember, certain municipalities across the country talk about um, the uh, container homes as a modular home. And even even in certain areas here in out in Maricopa County, different cities look at it very differently. So what does that do? Insurance companies look at it very differently too. And a lot of companies will not do a mortgage on a container home because one of the things that they think is that, and don't ask me why, I mean, the information's out there, but you know, I've had people tell me that's like, well, well, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not anchored to the property. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Well, it's sitting on a pylon. Well, yes, then it's not anchored unless you have, that's a different type of foundation versus a slab, but it still has to be anchored. Otherwise, you know, it won't pass and it won't pass inspection. But, um, one of the things that is a, apparently is a qualifier for that to get a, uh, mortgage for a container home is in, like I said, it has to be anchored. Well, we've uncovered a company that actually works in a different parts of the country. It's called Thrive Mortgage. And Thrive Mortgage actually does provide, uh, you know, mortgages for container homes. And they are based out of uh, Georgetown, Texas. And, we, and we've uh, reached out to them and look forward to uh, having one of their representatives on the show talking about the mortgages for container homes. Because obviously people need to know that they have a way to finance it. And I think when they go through the process of, of getting a container home, what Mel and I like to do is make sure that we can give them a, uh, a full package from the information from beginning to end so that this way, you know, you don't start it. The worst thing in the world to do is start a project and all of a sudden you can't finish it. And I think a lot of times, uh, well, I'm sure you've run into people that have tried to do that for your customers and then they, you know, they call you because they need an expert That's to right. come in and, and, and fix what the other person did and finish it so they can enjoy their home. Absolutely. It happens often. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it in building. I've seen guys come in and do construction work that, shall we say, is questionable, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so it's something that they just need to be able to consider. And we want to be able to, you know, give that information out to all our people because it's going to be able to sell more container homes because if people know that they have pretty much all the same uh, avenues to explore if they do a stick build and they want to do a container home and they're going to save money, then why not? You know, why not? So uh, there are companies out there. And as the trend continues in 2023 and beyond, uh, it's going to be easier and easier for people to be able to do that. So uh, for those of you who are seriously considering having a container home, even if it's a, you know, if it's an Airbnb, um, these are things that you may need and having a mortgage company to be able to do that is going to be key for you to make the decision to take the plunge because yeah. it costs money. 
That will be a game changer for a lot of people and a lot of younger folks too. So I agree. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I want everybody to stay tuned, you know, and we're going to be bringing that information to you uh, in the coming weeks to make sure that uh, you uh, check us out. We're on all kinds of app platforms and out there on the internet. Um, You could check us out on boxcar universe. Uh, dot com and all our archive shows are there and uh, all the new shows are always there on Saturday. So make sure you check them out in the future. And uh, as we go forward into January, we look forward to bringing you more and uh, more of the cutting edge information out here in the container world community. And I want to make sure you remind you, make sure that we help you, you a sustainable lifestyle in your next container home in 2023. Have a great week.